It's before Paul early, and this is the pre-W Smith show on 760 WJR. Here is Jeff Sloan. All right, thanks for joining us this morning. Listen, uh, we all know how amazing the human body is. Mark, don't don't uh, go where I know you're going right now uh, with respect to how amazing the human body is, but it's too early in the morning for that. This is a story about how amazing the human body is with respect to our brains, Mark Pastoria. This is about our brains. And Uh-oh. this, yeah, so look, here's the thing, Mark. Allison Witten, she's a contributing writer for Quantum Magazine. She just published an article in Quantum Magazine, and it was also reprinted in Wire Magazine. And this article tells of another amazing aspect of the human body as it relates to our brain when we're under stress, much like you have on your laptop computer, for example. There's a high power mode and a low power mode. And the body can automatically, now this new study has revealed this, when you're under stress, the body can automatically switch from the high power mode to the low power mode. Really? Indeed. Allison, tell us about this. Yes. So this new study was absolutely fascinating to me. I was so excited to get to write about it because it answers such an important question about what our brains are capable of doing, like you said, in stressful times when they're not getting enough energy, how they actually can change how they work to have a low power mode. And the reason this is so cool and so important is because our brains are really energy intensive. So they're only about 2% of your body weight, but they will use up about 20% of your calories. So it makes sense that scientists would have this question about have our brains actually evolved to have some kind of low power mode, some kind of strategy to not use up so much energy when there isn't enough food, similar to the low power mode in our devices as well. Let's take a real world example of when this may be relevant. When does the circumstance present itself? What this study is suggesting is that this low power mode would not kick in until you haven't had enough fuel for at least a couple weeks. So we know from previous research that if you just skip a meal, if you just haven't eaten enough in a couple hours, that your brain could change not into a low power mode, but into a way that's going to change your processing to actually help you find food. What's happening here is that say you're on a diet, you've reduced the amount of calories that you're eating by about 15% or so, that's at least what they did in this study, for at least a few weeks, then your brain would start to get this signal that there's not enough food around me on a long-term basis, so I need to change how I'm processing to make sure that I don't run out of fuel. So let me ask you, it kind of begs the question, Allison, If our brains do kick into low power mode, what is, from a practical standpoint, what does that mean to me? Am I, you know, if if I have a computer that kicks into a lower power mode, I have a screen that dims, say, for example, so it uses less power. Something has to give here, right? It's an in and it's an out equation. Simple as that. So if I've got my brain in that low power mode, how am I experiencing the world around me as a result of that? Yeah, so that's what's so fascinating about this is that 
you can actually relate it to that example of the low power mode in our devices where just like you said, it's going to dim the screen. It's not going to be quite as bright, but it's still going to keep all the most important processes coming along and compensate with something like that, that dimness. And so similarly, what they found with these mice is that the brain, the neurons found a way to reduce the amount of energy they were using, but at the expense of not being as precise as they usually are. And so in this study, when they looked at visual cortex responses to images of these, um, the mice were looking at just bars that would be angled at specific orientations. The mice were not as good when they haven't eaten enough, this low power mode, that they just saw things in a bit of a lower resolution. And so what that means, what you're asking in terms of the perception of the whole world, right now we can only say in relation to vision what this might mean, that things might be a little bit fuzzier. I kind of thought about it almost when, you know, all of our TVs are like in HD now, but we used to have standard definition and you can really tell the difference now when you see something in standard definition. So that would be the best analogy. So Allison, what is this knowledge going to do for humanity or other living species that have brains? And how's that going to really actually play out in the real world as something that manifests into reality? Right, sure. I mean, I think, as you said, this study is it's really the first one we have in a mammal species. It's very early in terms of what this would actually translate to either clinically or just for humans on a daily basis. I think the biggest takeaway for now even though there's still a lot we don't know, this kind of work is telling us how much we need to, I think, appreciate our brains and recognize how much they're responding to and changing based on the amount of energy available and the amount of food that you eat. So I had this thought that was like, oh, I need to maybe be nicer to my brain. I know that sounds really weird, but everyone might want to appreciate more that your brain needs fuel, just as much fuel too. And they're not like these privileged organs where your body is going to make sure that your brain is always going to be fine and it'll compensate with other bodily processes. If someone isn't eating enough, especially the study is telling us over a longer period, like at least a few weeks, they're not getting enough calories, their brain may not be functioning optimally. And who wants that, right? Like athletes already know that they need to keep their body at peak performance. They need to eat well continuously. They can't just eat well, like only on the day of a race. And our brains really might be that way too. I think that's a different way of thinking about thinking about your brain, I guess. This is like a new frontier as much as it is to go out and discover the, the universe or to go deep in the oceans, understanding how our brains work much better, which is, you know, as I say, this new frontier of science is really exciting stuff. And maybe one day, will have a real impact on the way humans live their lives. Yeah, absolutely. And just on that note, one thing I also wanted to point out is how amazing it is that our brain was able to have a low power, or is able to have a low power mode and save so much energy. And so by talking about, you know, it might not be functioning optimally, it's still so fascinating that it really only impacted like these very fine grain visual details, right? So nothing that would affect like your survival if you see, you would still see a predator coming at you. So the more that we learn 
about our brains and brains across the whole animal kingdom, the way they've evolved these tricks to keep us alive is just totally fascinating. And I, I agree with you. We'll have to see where that leads us. Really fascinating stuff. Allison Witten, thank you very much for being on and uh, enlightening us in this respect. It's thought-provoking, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Food for thought. Food right? for thought, for sure. <laughs> hey, we really appreciate it. Thank you so much. Yeah, thanks for being on. Okay, we're going to run to a quick break. Back with more in a minute right here on the Pre-W Smith Show. <laughs> 